Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Monday, November 7th, 2022, and this is day 1692 of our journey together. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we glorify you. We honor you above all others Thank you, Lord, for helping us to adapt and adjust to the changes that are taking place in our lives, that we will continue to be successful according to your will. I thank you, Lord, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you you so very much for tuning in. Today's message is getting comfortable feeling uncomfortable. Get comfortable feeling uncomfortable or the title comfort in uncomfort. We're going to go through things along our journey that will not make us feel very comfortable, but it is still God. (laughs) It is still God in control, allowing things to happen for a reason. So we're going to be coming out of 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 2 through 24. Uh, This is actually we'll read uh, starting in verse 1. 1 Kings 17, verse 1 through 24. And it says, Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except by my word. And that was three and a half years because of the evil that King Ahab and his evil wife Jezebel were doing. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward and hide in the Kareth ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So it's interesting that God um, made a way. Of course, it's not surprising that God made a way uh, for Elijah to still get uh, fresh water and to have uh, food to eat every day that was brought to him by ravens. And the interesting thing is ravens uh, were considered unclean, um, you know, unclean birds. And how God used them, though, to accomplish his task for Elijah. In verse 5, so he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. So he's there and, um, you know, and hidden out from uh, Ahab that wanted to destroy him or who wanted to destroy him. And he's there getting food brought to him. Hey, it's like a DoorDash. (laughs) Back in the day, a DoorDash system, food being brought twice a day, and he had water. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the Lord, then the word of the Lord came to him. 
Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Again, uh, a widow. She was a foreigner from Jezebel's home territory. Uh, God used her (laughs) to provide for Elijah. And a widow at that, someone typically, if you're a widow, especially in those times, you were typically thrown into poverty if you did not have a son who was at an age to take care of you. Now they're going through this time of a drought because of no water. And let's see what happens with the widow woman. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Uh Uh-oh. Well, God didn't tell him that part. (laughs) He didn't tell him that the widow woman was distraught, that she was probably depressed, that she was probably weary and uh, hopeless because there was no food. And she had just a little for her and her son. And she knew that was the end. They were going to die. And Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Now, those are quite comforting words when you're going through this. Don't be afraid. But he knew that that's what was at the root of it. He says, go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. You notice this is a man of God, but when we look at it from God and our relationship, we need to give God our first. God wants our first. He wants our time first thing in the morning or first thing before we do anything else. He wants uh, us to have a relationship with him uh, and that that relationship will be the most important relationship over any other relationships. No one else should be put before him. And that's what this depicts for me, where uh, the prophet of God is saying, give me some first. Now, in my my natural sense, I'd be like, you must be crazy. I'm not going to take food from my child's mouth to give it to you. (laughs) But this is different. We need to understand that this is uncomfortable, awkward. This is different from what you're used to. And God is saying, the man of God is saying, give it to me first. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not turn dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Well, that's a great benefit. That's a that's a great prophecy (laughs) that you're going to have food until the rain comes. If you do this, she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah.
That is a miracle. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Hmm. Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, and laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I'm staying with by causing her son to die? Even he's wondering, what is this about? Lord, I know I I didn't know this part. (laughs) Have you ever been in a situation where you knew a portion and then something else happens? It's like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. That's what this is. Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, my Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry and the boy's life returned to him and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. So possibly, based upon the woman's comment, she had doubt. And God did this in such a way to restore her confidence in God. Interesting, isn't it? How things work. Point number one. I remember when we had to move many years ago. Uh, our kids were younger. They're all grown now and they're you know, two in their 40s and one late 30s. And um, they were teenagers at the time. And and uh, we had a duplex and we had to move. And, and, and the deep duplex was very big. It was it um, it was an old old style with high ceilings, wood floors, pocket doors, you know, just beautiful structure. And uh, we combined both spaces and, and turned it into a single family dwelling. It, it was really an awesome space, a huge about 4000 square feet. Then 9-11 hit, which was very tragic, and, and it changed so many people's lives. It was really a, a sad time in our history. It affected uh, the success of our business at that time and uh, because people were not traveling like they used to. And we had Serving Clean, which was we specialized in hospitality, staffing, and events, and, and um, planning for events and things like that. And uh, it, it, that stopped. All that came to a halt. And then my husband got sick and we had to file bankruptcy. Income stopped flowing like it used to. We filed bankruptcy and had to move into a house that was less than half the size of our old space. That meant we had to leave some things behind and make the best of what we had. We were there for three years. Then God blessed us with the house that we wanted, the house we're in now. Actually, we've been here for about 20 years and needed work. Every house we've ever moved into needed to be rehabbed and worked. And God blesses us to do that. Many times along this life's journey, we will be faced with very uncomfortable situations. It could be a job change or no job, uh, marriage challenges, 
<clears throat> children issues, um, illness or death, income changes. Uh, you know, you could all of a sudden, you know, we don't necessarily plan totally for becoming a widow or widower. I mean, we may plan by having life insurance and, you know, and by having a will. But when it hits, it's quite different. There's a lot of other things that come along with it from the people that I've known over the years that have gone through this. And it's a part of life. If we don't adapt, we will struggle with fulfilling our God-given purpose. Point number two, Elijah's, Elijah's life was about constant changes and uncomfortable conditions. As we can see, he adapted and did things the way God instructed him to do. And so did the widow after a bit of a struggle, just as we would probably do. We would probably feel the same way as that widow woman did. What are you adjusting to now or what are you having a problem adjusting to? Some things that we can learn from Elijah's life. We can understand that the Lord is with us and he will not let you down. We as humans will let people down, but God never lets us down. It may not be done in the way we think, but we must trust him 100%. Next, understand that the Lord is growing you up spiritually, uh, just as he did this woman. She had some doubts. She had some issues. And God got her attention in a way that only he could. Third, be grateful for what you do have instead of being angry or upset <clears throat> uh, with what you no longer have. Focus on what's good instead of the negative. You know, even though I know the negative is hitting you right in the face, there is some good that we can focus on in God and be grateful for whatever that is. Be obedient to God throughout the process, even when it feels uncomfortable. And that, my friends, is going to happen. I remember just this year in April, a major shift took place. Uh, we, you know, I've shared this with you before, but we had to leave the church we were in with Transition Zone, teaching the youth. And, and it was wonderful because <clears throat> everything was all set up in the sanctuary and all the round tables for the kids. There were six round tables with at least six chairs to a table. They could sit wherever they wanted. Uh, I was able to <clears throat> decorate the space the way that we wanted. It was already decorated, actually, and and it, and it was amazing. And I remember we had these butterflies that, you know, I had gotten years ago for the church <clears throat> as um, I was able to do the decorations at the church. Um, my mom had given me permission to do that. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> excuse me so much, um, getting these really beautiful butterflies that hang from that hung from like a, a string or a wire and hung them all around a pole. They were various colors and those butterflies represented transitioning because transition zone, part of our logo is a butterfly. How you go from a caterpillar and transition to a butterfly. And I really they meant so much uh to life. Uh, one of the things that we had, we had plenty of space. We had lots of rooms that we had cleared out and painted and got ready. Uh, so we used one for art and then we had another big space for dance class. 
we had a kitchen so that we could cook and prepare the meals for the youth or warm up food and and it saved us a lot of money. Well, when we things abruptly changed and we had to leave in April, we still had classes to do. So we transitioned quickly. Uh, we had to find get a storage space to put all of our supplies. We um, had to uh, carry our things everywhere we went. So every time we did had a space, we would have to carry tubs of items to conduct the class, unload them, <laughs> get them into the, the space we had and, and, and then use them for that day and then load them back up and take them home or to storage because we didn't have a permanent space. We still don't. So that adjustment, we had no kitchen. Where we are now, there is no kitchen to prepare lunches or breakfast. So, you know, God blessed us, though, in a, in a, in a way that I would have never imagined. Uh, um, you know, a big catering company that provides lunches, provided free lunches for us for um, eight weeks. That was about eight to $10,000 worth of lunches because we had, we saved money. We may have spent you know, maybe uh, $3,000 buying food from Costco that was already prepared. And, and all we had to do was warm it up. Well, we didn't have that luxury anymore, but God blessed us in another way. Uh, we, you know, we can't decorate the space because it's a shared space. So we can't put our own personality in it. And, and we no longer have those butterflies. So that was an adjustment. Um, and those are things that we can adapt to. I, I, again, having to get a space to store everything, it, it, does, it didn't feel and it still doesn't feel like home for us. But I am grateful that God made a way for us. The other thing, we don't have a key to come and go as we please. Many times when we get to the space, the building is locked up. And of course, uh, because it's a public entity owned by the city, and uh, we're able to use the space for free, but and they have security 24 hours a day. So when we get there, we get there early to set up, but we have to wait sometimes for somebody to even come to the door to let us in because security may have forgotten that we're coming and forgot to unlock the door. So there's always a challenge. When we were there Saturday, there was a major challenge that made it uncomfortable. One of the organizations there in the building was using our space that we reserved and uh, it created a tiny bit of a conflict because they were doing videoing that day of their organization and was using the whole space in the building. And the security guy was new and he goes, well, he let me check the paperwork to make sure that you all have that space. And he checked and we did. And uh, he had to have them not, he had to tell them they could not use the space, which made them, you know, look at us funny or not speak to us. <laughs> But I, I had to understand that, you know what, this is life and uh, nothing personal. And I still was friendly towards them and spoke to them. But whether they spoke back, that was their choice. I understand how to adapt in an uncomfortable situation. I've learned to, let's say the, that, <laughs> over, the, over the years. And there's always something that is going to happen during the journey that is going to make us feel awkward. That is something that we didn't plan for. So continue to press on. Continue to do it the way God has given you to do. Even in awkward situations, even when it's not comfortable any longer, 
don't base it off of comfortable comfortability if that's a word don't bless don't base it on things like that base it on this is what god has given me to do and i'm going to be obedient to him no matter what that is the mindset we need to have and god will bless you understanding that seasons change along the journey And if you look at the four seasons we have here in Kansas City, you know, we have spring, summer, fall, winter, and each season changes. So understanding that things are going to change in that moment or that situation you're in will not be permanent because we're in different seasons of our lives and it will change. Understanding that we adapt to each season. So when it gets cold, what do we do? We put on a coat. When it gets hot, we now wear flip-flops and sandals and shorts, tank tops. So we shift, we change according to what is happening in the world, in our communities, in our lives. And that is what God wants us to get to. And so he is going to allow things to happen to shift us to grow us up spiritually so that we can do what he wants us to do he wants to he wants to um, use you greater he wants you to not be stagnant and in the same place that you were in a year ago he's growing you up and grow and it can it involves (laughs) growing pains all right understanding that god loves you he'll never leave you nor forsake you Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory to God. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E-B, like boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to check us out on TZoneKC.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community, teaching our youth, workforce skills, life skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation, and human and sex trafficking awareness. Please continue to support this worthwhile endeavor. We are very grateful to you. Thank you so much. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.